I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co-host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hi, Leslie. Hello, Summit. Nice to see you again. Yeah, same here. So I want to welcome everybody together with Leslie as my co-host for another episode of Humble Inquiries on the Choosing Leadership podcast. And today we are going to talk about teams. Because in a way, teams get things done. No matter where we work, what we do, the unit of work which we often ignore and which is very important is teams. So Leslie, can you share a little bit about why we choose this topic and how are we going to structure it? Yes. Well, teams, obviously, no matter where you are in life, teams come into play from sports to uh, the workplace. You have teams and you may be on multiple teams. So this is the topic that through our inquiries with other leaders came up quite often. And when we really started to dive into the common threads, realized it was a big topic. And so we've decided to divide it into at least two segments here and starting with the foundation of, is your team really a team? Because if you haven't established that, it's hard to achieve the outcomes because you don't have the foundation built. So we wanted to start there. And then next time we'll go into more about delivering those outcomes and overcoming that busyness that we hear so much about, which was another common thread throughout our conversations with other leaders. So today we're really going to be talking about setting that foundation of, is your team really a team? Yeah, I think that that's a very good, but also often a provocative question. Because when I speak to a lot of people, they say that I am working in a team, but it's not really a team. It's just a group of people who are doing something together. So what we want to focus on today's conversation is what really makes a team. So Leslie, what are your thoughts? What separates a group of people from a team? I like to start with even the definition and for myself coming back to how the dictionary defines it, what's that commonly accepted definition? And it's when people come together to achieve a common goal or purpose. That's the foundation of what makes a team. Yeah. 
yeah and i think another important element that and that we often forget that we need teams because we cannot do everything alone right so if, if we can do everything individually then there is there would be no need for teams and we come together as human beings in teams to produce something the output of which is bigger than the sum of the individuals working separately i think this is a hugely important element of why do we even need teams uh, and often this is missed right and i like to think about each of us individually comes with our own special talents and skills and background and that's why we need a team so that we can have all those different uh, components working together towards that common goal or purpose because it just makes so much more strength behind the effort yeah and teamwork is also important because if we see the unit of production in any company in any organization is teams it's not individuals it's very important to see that and i think it's also ironic because if we see organizational processes or conversations around performance we focus a lot on individuals and i think sometimes we miss a beat there if we can focus more on teams in fact that reminds me of a quote i think i heard somewhere that if all everybody in a company in an organization is moving in one direction as a team then that company will leave everybody behind irrespective of the market irrespective of the product irrespective of the economic situation and it's uh, so critical that often what is missing is not what is outside the external conditions but actually teamwork within a team and within a company yeah and i when i'm thinking about it so often it, you hire someone or bring them on and say you're part of this team and then <clears throat> the assumption is your team well, what about actually building that foundation and really making the team a team getting to know each other making sure everyone understands that common goal or purpose what's their role within that how do they interact all those um different components to really hone in on who they are as a team and what makes them a team yeah i think what you're pointing is what makes a team is a set of conversations not just a hierarchical relationship they're not just something on paper so if if somebody joins in a team but nobody talks to them about what is the purpose of the team why are we here that person will feel excluded even if their contract even if they are part of the team officially it's very important to understand that a team is built first of all in in language in conversations and then that's a continuous job because people leave people come back goals change purposes change situations change right so it's a ongoing and continuous job of creating a team yeah you made me think of onboarding new employees first my hr side comes out the focus is on hiring them and this is what you're supposed to do and oh by the way you're part of this team and i think sometimes again from my perspective sometimes spending time on those conversations getting to know each other establishing what you're saying that shared purpose that shared future sometimes it's qualified as like the fluffy extra stuff instead of seeing it as the essential foundation to lead to success i don't know what you think that's what came to my mind as as you were mentioning the conversations that need to be had and 
so much it's the tactical check this off does this person know how to do this do they know how to do that let's show them where this is instead of setting the foundation yeah yeah so before i answer that question i want i want to ask another question okay and then and maybe this is a question for our listeners as well so i'm sure you must have spoken to a lot of people who work in teams and if you ask people do you see a lot of wastage a lot of wastage of time energy and effort in your teams what would a general answer be that's a great question for me i think a lot of what i hear and see is wasted time based on either lack of communication or lack of understanding and alignment to me it comes back to usually those two common threads yeah yeah so exactly right almost everybody i talk to has this reflection that they know that what they do is not all productive that there is wastage there that they are working on things which don't matter or they are prioritizing things wrong or they are working on things longer than they should be so there is some disconnect and what when you mentioned about the conversations being the soft stuff and then focusing on the tactical or the doing i think this is a common question which i get back from many leaders like i need to focus on the doing i need to do more i need to produce more but what often people miss is that the effectiveness of that doing is coming from a foundation which happens in conversations and if you can get the conversations right what i have seen is that you can produce more value you can get more done like not done as in time spent or tasks completed but more done for the actual stakeholders for the team in less amount of time and i think this brings us to an important element which we often miss which is the external stakeholders of the team do you want to bring that element Yeah, I knowing who your stakeholders are, defining them is key. When you're in any team, you need to know who you're serving. What does that look like? It could be internal stakeholders, but also most often it's external. Understanding from any role within the team, who are you serving so that you have that person of who your stakeholder is in your mind because that's your purpose in serving them as the end result to make sure they're satisfied i think is what it comes back to whether you're the person making the widget per se who's that end customer or you're a team that is providing knowledge and information to others it you still need to know who that end user that stakeholder is yeah this reminds me of a story of my coachy who came to me very frustrated because he didn't get a good bonus after the performance reviews and he said that my team has been functioning very well everybody in the team is very happy uh, and they have been very productive they have finished a lot of tasks but yet the team and and the team leader themselves were not like given the rewards they were expecting and then i asked them who are the key stakeholders of the team and when i asked them were they satisfied or dissatisfied he told me that they were actually dissatisfied right so there was a disconnect the team was working on something which they thought was the right thing but there was this lack of alignment with the stakeholders so in the end when they delivered what they delivered even though they worked on it with with a lot of hard work with a lot of effort it was not fulfilling or it was not enough to satisfy the stakeholders and i think this brings us to what you were sharing that a team exists not in vacuum but to serve somebody either it could be an external customer of a 
company, but it could also be internal stakeholders. At the very least, your own manager, like any manager's manager, is one big stakeholder. But then there are other peers, other teams surrounding you whom you communicate with. And it's very important that team success is not only internal, but also external to the satisfaction of those stakeholders. And that, I'm going to come back to that onboarding, that purpose, letting each person on the team know who their stakeholder is, what the commitment is to them. And then you have alignment as opposed to perhaps ending up with competition. Each, yes, individually, each person wants to be successful, but the whole team and the whole organization needs to be successful. And if that it ends up not having that alignment and more of, say, competition, I think that sometimes that's where teams can really go wrong if they're not aligned on a common goal and instead have these individual goals that they're trying to meet that end up in conflict or competition. Yeah, exactly. And when we reached out to leaders late late in November and December last year, and when they spoke about teams, the biggest challenge, the way they phrased is was alignment. This was a big one along with motivation and performance. The big one was alignment. And then a question was like, how do I prevent my teams from running in different directions? How can I make sure my teams and my team is basically moving in the same direction. And this is where alignment comes in, not just between the individuals of a team, but also the team and the wider organization. If you are a director and you have 10 teams reporting to you, then are those 10 teams aligned with your purpose with the, and with the purpose of the organization? So I think alignment is happens on multiple levels. The first one is on a level of purpose, but then the second one is when you get specific when you talk about particular goals, when you talk about particular metrics, then that's the second level of alignment. And I think the another third level is how you operate, right? The standards, the processes, the values. And I think when all three of them are aligned, and as you said, everybody during the onboarding phase as well as ongoingly is aligned and any misalignment is handled, then that makes for a smooth performance. That makes for a smooth functioning team doesn't mean that there won't be conflicts or disagreements, but it won't impact the work in a way that it creates wastage, that it creates disappointment or frustration later on. Yeah, and when you talk about the, the shared values, those shared standards within the team, when everybody's working towards them, it should help minimize that conflict because they're aligned and have that. But conflict or any sort of bump in the road is inevitable. We're not all perfect. So addressing that, I think, is another component of really what what keeps a team is that you, if something does happen where someone is not aligned or they have done something to hurt the team or an individual, that it's addressed and held accountable so that you can return to that state of alignment and really a, a healthy yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think you use the word healthy. It's a good word because when these foundational alignments are not in place, what happens is it results in gossip. It re results in disengagement. People get disconnected. People know what is wrong, but they don't speak about it. People know where the team is faltering, but they don't bring it up. And, and that creates a culture of gossip. That creates a culture of blame, avoid, avoiding responsibility. Uh, and that's why these conversations are such foundational conversations. Yeah. As you were talking, it reminded me of a quote, and it it's from Julio Alala, 
and any problem in an organization or relationship is directly related to a conversation not being held or one being held poorly. Yeah. I think within a team, it comes back to the communications. And if you're resisting communication for fear or blame or that you're going to ruffle some feathers, it's likely that not having that conversation is going to cause more harm than actually having the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And just to summarize for our listeners, right, this alignment happens on three levels. One is your shared purpose, like why are we doing what we are doing? And then how it aligns with my, like my department, my organization. So not just your team, but in in the wider context of the company, what is the role of my team? So maybe in, in a team, there's a market, in a company, there's a marketing as a team. So marketing has a particular role, but in the end, it's part of the wider organization. So it's very important for the team to understand where do they fit in. Once you have that identified, then the shared future, right? The, what are the goals? What, are, what, is, what will happen in the world tomorrow because of this team? And maybe there's a particular number, there's a revenue, there's a growth number, there's a sales number, something to measure the output of a team. But it should be shared by the entire team. And then the third level is what we've spoken about, that how we work, right? The values, the boundaries. What happens if we get into an argument? So what happens if we make a mistake? How do we resolve them? How do we get together after our tough period again? And another element I think is everybody should be committed to that. Everybody committed to the shared value. We shouldn't just become posters or it shouldn't just become a document which stays somewhere. Everybody should be committed. And somebody, if somebody is not committed, then the team leader needs to have those conversations to get that commitment. Yeah, and how a team is a team, there's the components that you talked about, the three components there of ensuring commitment. And then that all fits into the culture of the organization, like what you were saying, where they're going, how work is getting done, culturally setting that stage so that the team can be the team they should be and that you want and expect within, whether you're the leader or whether you're an individual joining that team, knowing how culturally that team exists within the company and how they are serving stakeholders. Exactly, yeah. So the wider context is very important, yeah. But if you were to zoom in a little bit and focus on the team itself, the team members and the roles that each person plays, what what do you think are some of those critical aspects that make a team or that separates a team from a group of people? Yeah, I can go very tactical on paper, defining everyone's roles, job descriptions. That, that states what they have to do. And gosh, that's what I've just spent my morning doing is job description. It's a necessary part of it. The reason for that is ensuring that the right people are in those jobs. What does it look like for them to perform these duties successfully as that role within the team? But then it comes out a little more holistically to what are their skills? What are they bringing to the table? What's their work style, their personality? It's all the seasonings and flavors and what makes each of us an individual and the diversity of it to have a successful team. Yeah, yeah. And I think that tactical level of understanding is also very important because in a way, a team has a promise to the stakeholders. And to fulfill the promise, the first question is, do we 
have the right people or do we even know what kind of people do we need and if we need five people then what skills and those skills most likely are complementary not the same skills which the team leader has or which one person in the team has but complementary skills which basically uh, fills gaps rather than leave gaps open and helps in the purpose helps in the promise that the team owns to somebody else and then continuously creating that alignment within those people which will create the output of the team and i think this connects back to something you said a little earlier but having the right people they need to want to be part of a team they need to want to contribute not only to getting their job done each of those items but also what are the team's goals what does that mean so if someone else is falling behind how can they help that person uh, even if it's not written on their job description what are they doing to jump in and help the team be successful when they face challenges the commitment and the choice part is very important because you cannot force people to be a part of a team and i see this happens in some organizations that people are thrown around or like they are given a team without asking for their choice or without asking for their commitment and this is very important when we work in a very creative field because you can get compliance you can get obedience from forcing people or from dictating their teams but if you really need to get openness if you really need to get creativity and innovation people need to have that autonomy people need to have that choice to choose which team they are part of to understand why they are part of that team to raise any concerns they have in 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 that alignment and then moving forward on an ongoing basis what do you think about that i my mind went to matrixes and teams and then when you're on multiple teams so i i don't know what you said that prompted that my but that's where i went i think maybe especially in the creative space where they might be serving in different roles or in seems to be the trend where it might not be completely ladder based that it's a bit more matrix and then you are potentially on multiple teams not even just vertically but across the organization so that purpose and intentionality really needs to be clear um, so that you don't have conflict of where you're serving yes I think on another note I, re- I remember a story because you speak from an HR perspective and you speak from a understanding of a team which I never had until I had to lead a team so what that resulted in when I first became a manager and when I started to take in taking interviews and hiring people what I did was I hired a lot of superstars I hired a lot of like excellent people and then when I went to my manager because there was something missing in the performance Well, I still remember his words because he told me that you have a team of superstars but that doesn't make your team a superstar team and and then it was so obvious to me that yes the people I have are brilliant but if they are always arguing if they are always not able to come to alignment if they are not able to work together then it's not serving anybody it's not serving those superstar brilliant people it's not serving the team it's not serving the company the stakeholders and i think this is uh, a key element of um, a, a team and what happens when you create a team with all superstars it creates entitlement it creates competition because now everybody wants to one up the other person i think this relates to what you spoke about which happens between teams but it can happen inside teams as well what are what are your thoughts uh, on that 
I can see it happening. And I got my first thought was being curious about what did you do once you realized that you had this team of superstars and it wasn't a superstar team, then what did you do? And maybe that can help others. Yeah, I think what I did was or what shifted was I suddenly started to look at a team as a unit. When the performance was not there or when there was errors made, I always focused earlier on the individual and then when it comes to fixing something, I've always focused on the individual, on their motivation, on their skills. But now what has changed is if I see something is missing, I always ask this question, what is missing on a team level? So maybe the alignment is missing. Maybe an open conversation between two people is missing. So if two people have a history of not working together well and they are part of the same team, then as a team leader, what are you going to do about it? So two people might understand their roles very well. They might be very skilled. But if they are not working together, then as a team leader, it's your responsibility to look at that. And I was not even looking there because I was so focused on the individuals earlier. So I think the outlook shifted. And because of that, I was able to see a lot of things which earlier were my blind spots. And were you able to take those superstars and make a team that was a superstar team? With help, yes. Yes, yes with help, yeah, because I was so new to all of this. So what, what I did once was I got two people who were always fighting, sitting in a room and got them to hash out all their complaints, all their grudges together. But I had to get an external facilitator, this time from HR, because I there was no idea. I had no idea how to do that or how to deal with what might come up in that, that kind of a session. So it's very important to realize, right, a team is also not working alone. There are external players who can come in to help and that might be your peer uh, uh, or that might be your, your own manager or that might be an HR consultant or a coach or somebody else in, in your organization who can help you create that missing link in the team. Yeah. I, I had two thoughts when you were talking about this. So you mentioned being a new young manager and I think that often happens as a challenge with teams maybe someone was a part of the team and they've now become the manager or the leader. And how do they make that shift? Just, it's often that they were really good at that. So now they can lead this team, let's go. So what are the conversations that need to be have to, in essence, reform the team in that new dynamics is what I was thinking about. Like, how does that occur to set a good foundation and really realign with this new leader as opposed to that person perhaps being part of the team? The first or, or the key lesson which I learned when I moved from just being a manager to being a leader is this notion of uh, taking responsibility. Earlier it was so easy for me to say that this is not working because of this, because of um, these two people are fighting or because of this team, this external team did not, didn't deliver or because this happened externally. And once I, I realized that as a leader, what my team delivers is my responsibility irrespective of any reason I might have. Then immediately I started looking for ways to move forward. And then I, what, what I also did was I also started coaching people around responsibility, right? Because if only the team leader is responsible for the team, then that puts a lot of burden that basically makes the job almost impossible because you're missing out on a lot of signals which you won't have, but you, the people in the team would have. I think that's a, that's a complex topic, but shall we unravel that here? Shall we unravel a little bit on responsibility and accountability? I think so. I think that's a good part within a team. We talked about from on their job descriptions, this is what your 
responsibilities are, but having the team leader has that responsibility for that whole team. And they also have accountability for the whole, the team as a whole. And then they need to have accountability for each individuals who are part of that team. And I think leaders and just most people in general, when they think of that accountability, it they seem to have a negative perception of that. And switching it to much more positive of without that, they don't know how to improve. Otherwise, they they don't know what's wrong. They don't know how to change it. There's no solutions being offered. It's just allowed to continue there. Others might then be casting blame on we're not being successful because of this, and yet they haven't addressed it. So that accountability for the whole team, I think is a critical component from the leader. Yeah, and I, I think it's good that you mentioned blame here because so often conversations around taking responsibility are also associated with blame. And I think this is a huge blind spot that we see responsibility as a burden, taking responsibility as taking blame for what goes wrong. Nothing could be further from the truth. The way I see responsibility is, is it's like a privilege. It's like a choice which I take. And, it's, and also it's very important to distinguish accountability from responsibility here. So the way I see it, accountability is what you have signed up for. Accountability is what people can hold you accountable for if you don't do. This is a contract which you have signed. This is your job. Whatever is written down, whatever is very clearly specified. But responsibility is a choice. Right? So every team member is hired for a role. They are accountable for doing that part of their role. But then every team member can take responsibility for the entire team, which doesn't mean taking blame, which only means keeping your eyes open for is the team working perfectly? And if it is not, can I let the team leader know? Without fear of any repercussions on me, right? In that space of openness, in that culture that I care for the team, it's not my accountability. I am not the team leader. It's not my accountability but I still see something is missing. Can I at least point it out to the right person who can do something about it? Because this is often missing, right? If I am the team leader and then I only relies on my eyes and ears, then I will miss most of it because the people who are closest to the work basically know what is working, what is not working. And then unless I bring that level of responsibility to my team, which is without any burden, which is without any blame, without any heaviness. And that unlocks my leadership. That takes my leadership to the next level as a manager, as a leader. As you were talking about that responsibility, the word that came to my mind is care. You know, what you were saying, if you as a team member are seeing something not going right with someone else in the team, it's not blame. It is responsibility, but it's out of care of wanting the team to succeed and, and do better. So sharing that is important and it is a caring act as opposed to one of blame is how I would perceive that. And I hadn't really thought of that in that yeah. way until we were just talking about it. Yeah, I think this brings us to where we started. Like what makes a team a team? So you can be a team where only your team leader takes responsibility, but then that team leader needs to be a superstar. Right. What really makes a team a team is when everybody can take responsibility without the burden and can really stand up for the team when required, can fill in for somebody else when required, 
even for the team leader and support the team leader. And I think this is a key component of creating a team which then performs at a high level, which reduces wastage as we spoke about. Wastage of time, wastage of uh, time spent in meetings, wastage of repeated work, wastage of doing work which was not required or which was not aligned with the st external stakeholders. All of these elements basically are conversations or are missing conversations, as you said, right from that quote, which who and who will know about them? The people who are closest to the job will know about them. And if they don't see it as their responsibility to bring it up when they know and they don't acknowledge that they will be listened to, then there is a huge potential that we are wasting. So this is a key element of what makes a team. So without that bonds of responsibility, I would say a team is a group of people working together. And maybe a group of people can work together effectively, but they are still not a team unless there is a shared responsibility. Right? So the team leader holds the accountability for the entire team, but every team member can hold the responsibility. I agree. I think you, you brought us right back to the beginning of that and sharing, needing those three shared things, purpose, future, values to help make a team a team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think this looks like a good place to, to conclude this conversation. And maybe in the next time we will actually focus on the tactical, like on the how to get a team to perform, what actions, right? What separates a high performing team from a low performing team? But again, I, I'm glad that we are talking about this because this foundation level is where the, everything else becomes easier. Without the foundation, everything else becomes harder. And it's a critical step to not be skipped in spending the time and highlighting the importance of making your team a team. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie, for humbly inquiring into this topic with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and look forward to meeting you again in the next conversation. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast, and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride, and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.